Have you heard the news today? The world's become a better place. I wonder how. And everybody sings in peace. There's only one thing that we need. It's unapologetic. Welcome to Unapologetic. I'm Maria. And I'm Anna. And today we're going to be talking about drugs. And other substances along those lines. So welcome. It's been a little while since we last talked to you, especially together. We haven't talked to you together since last season. Exactly. And we're actually very excited about this episode because there are a lot of fun things in it. And another not so fun things, I think. Now that I think about it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's fun things. It's drugs, you know? Yeah, but I feel like before we go into the fun part, um, we're in the middle of exam season, actually. And a lot of people, uh, not that I know any of them, but I know that a lot of people might be taking um, attention-enhancing drugs. And that's the first topic for today. So the first topic for today is going to be drugs that enhance productivity. And I think we can look at the context of the US. And I know that there a lot of people take Adderall. I'm not sure in this in the context of the Netherlands uh, if people have a different drug that they take. But I know that Adderall in general is quite common for just enhancing productivity and being more hyper aware and... Yeah, focusing for longer. Yeah, but it's not only in the US. Um, In Europe, the prevalence rates are a bit unclear, but we have some numbers from the UK. And less than 10% uh, of the population, I guess, in the UK reported uh, using any of these kind of like cognitive enhancer drugs. Um, But this might be an underestimation because it's not really... um, accepted to use these drugs in that context as much as it is in the US. Um, We also read some articles in India where uh, similar drugs um, have been used uh, very frequently and actually in India you don't need a prescription to get some of these so that also makes it way easier to access them. Yeah and I think uh, in Europe actually a lot of people because they can't get prescriptions uh, people that do get a prescription for this type of drugs are like people with ADHD, right? Um, and then they, the people that do get prescriptions sometimes um, like sell them or yeah, some people might just like ask you if you have a prescription to give them some, sell them some. So yeah. Yeah, it's not actually that hard to get them. It's not like you need to go into like a really dark alley and, you know, find a dodgy guy and ask them for these drugs. I mean, I guess that's a way, but you can also just ask someone in the library sitting next to you if they do have some Adderall. And why we bring this uh, into the conversation is that um, it's not really considered, I think, as a drug or like a bad drug. I know I've talked to people that told me about their experiences with Adderall and it was just such a casual conversation. Uh, but when you think about it at the end of the day, it is still a drug that like you know alters your brain chemistry. 
Yeah, but I think within the context of taking it to be productive, um, it's seen as not as taboo because um, in compared to drugs that we take for recreational use, I think um, those maybe not in the in the Netherlands, but outside the Netherlands, uh, often those type of drugs are a lot more shunned upon and seen as way more dangerous, even though, I mean, I don't really know chemistry or anything like that, but I can assume that if you take Adderall a lot, it can have a similar effect than having other drugs that are um, perceived as way worse. Yeah, indeed, uh, this kind of uh, inha- uh, attention enhancer drugs, um, some of them were still not sure what the long-term effects are, there have been some studies about it, but it's still very unclear, yet people are constantly taking them. And you mentioned something really interesting, which is kind of like the whole point of bringing up this productivity thing that's like, when something helps you be productive, we don't question it as much. And before I mentioned that um, we're not just talking about drugs, we're also talking about substances, so you can think about coffee or cigarettes, which they're not drugs or themselves but they are highly addictive substances that do help some people be more productive or like deal with their anxiety and therefore like continue in this like hectic lifestyle yeah i was uh, before you said that i was just going to bring up how caffeine is basically like an addiction that so many people have and it's so normalized and because it makes you productive makes you wake up it makes you like go to work etc it's just seen as like part of life and it's never questioned uh even though so many people have like negative effects from it like high heightened anxiety uh, dependency addiction etc uh, but because it's just enhancing your productivity and enhancing your ability to stay awake and do this and that during the day it's not um seen as anything bad at all exactly and I guess this brings us to like the more theoretical connection we were going to make here because I guess you can apply this to this like Marxist perspective of like production and how we are completely like sucked into this system of I guess just maximizing the productivity that we have in every single minute of our lives because as we were talking before this episode like reading these stories of people that have been taking ADHD medication, even though they might not have needed it for ADHD, they didn't take it when they were like in their nine to five job. They were taking this to like have pull, like be able to pull all nighters, like two or three times a week. Um, so it is this idea that like you have to be productive, no matter what, uh, even outside of the scheduled working hours. Yeah, and I think it's. It's about uh, work, but it's also, I think, this kind of, like, hustle culture uh, also is really prevalent in university students, um, where we see that, like we were saying before, during exam season, a lot of people just take Adderall so they can really focus and continue studying, like, the whole night, for example, before an exam, or yeah, just trying to cram as much information in their brain as possible in a short amount of time. And to do that, you need to concentrate for a long time. And that's obviously our brains are not wired that way. And, and then in that way, you are 
being as productive as possible in a short an amount of time. And that kind of, again, ties into the idea that we're constantly supposed to work. We're constantly supposed to like take no breaks, um, spend as long as possible as we can on working or like, or studying so that we can like achieve uh, quote unquote success and like better things. Yeah. I think that also relates. I mean, it's a very important point to critique in education that it's like, we are still in an educational system that like has this like Fordian model in which like you have to go through like these steps and there's no time for people to like really come to their own understanding of things and like really adapt education to them but it's more like we have to adapt to the education system and so for instance I mean I'm going to take the sociology course as an example just because that's the one that we took but like you know you have three years you need to take these subjects and it's all at a preset time that you adapt to. And, you know, it's kind of like, it reminds me of this idea of like the McDonaldization of society and how everything just goes through this like assembly line. As like when you go to McDonald's, everyone is just like doing like this little job, like just repeating it once, you know, in a row and in continuity forever. And that's kind of how sometimes... um well, the, the, the environments that we're in, as in, like, edu- education or university, um, also work in that way that, like, we just need to, like, go through these steps and just follow the process. And because we're not wired in that way, we end up relying on certain drugs to make it possible to go through such a strict and unforgiving system sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you really covered me there. <laughs> But I think another way that we can see that substances are being used uh, to like increase productivity is that in a lot of corporate spaces, um, cocaine use is also very prevalent instead of Adderall, for example. Um, also because I guess um, there is the resources to pay more, I guess, and have like cocaine. And then uh, in a corporate space, it's often the case that, um, yeah, you have access to it and you have the resources to get it. And then it's just, I don't know, in the Netherlands, I, I'm sure that's not only in the Netherlands, but I know that here, um, in a lot of big corporations, I won't name any because I don't want to speculate, but uh, I do know that uh, in a lot of spaces, it's very common for people to work for like 12 hours straight, even 20 hours straight sometimes, which is crazy. And then within those spaces, it's very common for people to take cocaine um on their own but also sometimes even like collectively uh to increase productivity for the company yeah exactly another point as you made is that this is not just a single use thing like you might just also find this in like a collective space like um after our parties in which people are taking cocaine and there's this sort of like pressure i guess to just fit in into this like corporate um yeah, way of doing things and we did read an article based in the UK so exactly it's not just in the Netherlands obviously um, where some people were fired because they were found out doing cocaine in the bathroom but then the problem was that their bosses were doing it like 20 minutes later um, so there is a lot of social pressure around uh, drug abuse and how we use them to cope in uh, this uh, environment so you might also find this um, person that doesn't 
use them just because they want to enhance their productivity, but also because if everyone else is doing it around you, then you kind of like fall into this pressure to do it as well. Yeah, and then again, I think it goes back to hustle culture and how there is a pressure to perform more. I mean, it's also like in some cases, it's also in a social setting, even if it is at work. But I think a lot of the times there's a pressure that everyone is working so much and everyone is taking cocaine to work so much. Um, and then you feel like if you don't, then you're be- falling behind and then you, m- you might even get um, fired for not meeting the expectations that are not necessarily uh, very human to begin with. And also not in the job description, for sure. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, so I think the point that we're trying to make is that in general, in the world, there's a lot of like pressure, uh, whether that's through peers, whether it's through the system that tries to push you towards a specific way or like in the work market as well, that in certain contexts, obviously not everywhere in the world, but in certain contexts, it's often the case that drug use is like the norm and is ex- not expected of you, but um, highly recommended maybe <laughs> uh, for you to like keep following the system the way that it is set right now um and yeah there's kind of like a dark side to that i feel i also wanted to make like a small parenthesis to consider the use of alcohol and i've mentioned this to you like so many times now so a friend of mine told me about this tweet i think that she read that if alcohol was like discovered yesterday it would be a banned or like illegal drug or a substance just because like if you think about it like it just makes you like slow <laughs> sleepy probably like hornier and that doesn't work in the workplace yet it is very common to abuse alcohol in a lot of workplaces i mean like in this after hour parties or whatever like these things that you were talking about like this like un uh like not explicit expectations that might be there in a certain environments like you have to go out with the people from your office later to like get drunk or people that like you know just also get drunk to cope with the fact that they've been working for so many hours and they just need to relax for a bit um so i find it interesting that alcohol is something that a substance that if you think about it wouldn't be what makes you the most productive but it still is like highly accepted in our society to like abuse or use this substance to like deal with your daily life and like um probably like the stress and anxiety that comes with like these highly demanding environments yeah in some way you can even tie it back to like the university experience and how a lot of the times uh you know students work 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 the whole week and then during the weekend they like go crazy and they party like the whole weekend and again there's like the pressure uh, especially in this scenario, uh, there's so much pressure to like use drugs. But then I think we're going a bit more further into um, the use of drugs uh, in a recreational way, mm-hmm. uh, which is the other point that we were mainly going to focus on. Before going to the recreational stuff, I do want to men- mention two examples of uh, films that uh, talk a lot about uh, these substance abuses. And the first one is The Wolf of... Wall Street, so it's like a very well-known movie, and it just deals with like drug abuse in the, um, uh, well, in the wall, like Wall Street. So like, and so by this I mean that you don't need to live in a crazy city like Amsterdam to like have 
experienced people. You can live in a crazy city like New York. <laughs> exactly. Or you can just live in a tiny town and watch the Wolf of Wall Street to see that like how normalized this is. And the other movie that I wanted to mention was um, Another Round, uh, which is a Danish movie, and they talk a lot about uh, alcohol abuse. But I did like that movie a lot more because it... I mean, I'm not comparing the movies, but I'm just saying that um, they make a less judgy point of how alcohol is consumed. Um, so yeah, I would recommend you to watch them anyways. Um, back to recreational drugs and the fun part that everyone is waiting for. <laughs> everyone is waiting for. <laughs> so... Yeah, basically, uh, the way we wanted to kind of structure this uh, podcast was to first kind of uh, do a, a small little deep dive of the way that drugs are being used um, to kind of enhance productivity. But now we want to focus more on the way that we use drugs to, you know, have fun, relax, um, let loose. Also, I think that's a lot of the time that what people want from drugs. And I, again, I feel like we have uh, a lot of pressure um, especially in university, but also as we said earlier in the workplace as well, that it is a it is assumed that you drink, um, pretty much always, uh, after the age of like twenty one, I guess. Um, it is always assumed that you drink at least a little bit. Like you meet people at the bar, you you go out on the weekend with friends to the club to dance. There's always uh, alcohol involved, um, and a lot of the times, um. If you go out later and spend longer hours out in a club, um, at least in the Netherlands, uh, oftentimes drugs are also involved. Yeah, I think also like, at least, I don't know, because I'm not Dutch and just when I say sometimes that I live in the Netherlands or in Amsterdam, people also assume that I smoke weed just because it's legal here. So there is a certain, I think, um, idea of like when something becomes legal, like you have to do it. Um, but also, as with both experience coming to the Netherlands to uh, where, where um, yeah, buying weed is uh, completely fine, I think that also meant that then like other illegal thing things don't are not as um, taboo as they are in our home and also countries. not as novel. I feel like um, you know even when my friends come to visit and they start talking about drugs or whatever, they're like. Oh, you know, here it's so free because you can do any drug you want and no one cares. And I don't know. In my experience, I I would I wouldn't necessarily call Amsterdam that free. In I mean, in that way, I guess it is. Uh, but that wouldn't be like the first word I would think from my experience. But uh, for people just coming and not really living here, you see that a lot of people that come from places that are kind of very restrictive with drugs see the availability of weed especially which is free but also other drugs that because of this kind of gray area of drugs being more toler tolerable uh, in the Netherlands you see that um, people just see that as so freeing and so liberal I don't know I in my experience I have to disagree though because I I'm, none of my friends visited me here because it's a bit too far but when I did go back home and I talked to them about like certain experiences or like you know just how some things are just not novel here um they still found it quite uh shocking because at least from my understanding of like 
this conversation I had with a friend, um, there was the idea that because for her, weed is something that's still like restricted and novel, uh, anything further than that was crazy. Yeah, I do feel like there's, um, especially in countries where, you know, the narrative um, goes that drugs are always bad and, you know, take care of your kids. They, if they do drugs, they will be uh, like uh, addicts immediately and stuff. And uh, even I had a bit of this view that um, like before I came here, like alcohol was always fine in Greece and weed was less so. But beforehand, I always thought that it's like, something that the kind of bad kids do you know mm -hmm. and there's always like this narrative of like if you do drugs even like weed it's kind of more like edgy and then any other drug is immediately like perceived as bad and as you will get addicted and it's really bad what you're doing and you're in the scene that is kind of really dangerous for you um and then there is yeah then there's a whole framing of an addiction issue or like a drug issue when that's not necessarily always necessary, I think. I totally agree with that because I clearly remember my mom telling me if you ever have weed, you're going to pretty much become an addict to anything else. And I mean, this was like 10 years ago or something like that. So, but still there was this idea, right? That like anything after weed is just like this big blurry mess of, Uh, drug addiction and just like substance abuse that's gonna ruin your life and I feel like as we were saying before this has a lot to do with the fact that it's illegal so there's like kind of this like veil covering it and everything is messed up into the same thing um, and so kind of that's what we see here because some things like kind of like making certain things legal or I guess more common or less uh novel and scandalous gives every drug a lot more uh, nuance so I think like a good example of this is uh, there is a YouTube channel called oh, yeah. uh, Drugs Lab I think it's called Drugs Lab yeah. uh, and it's sponsored I guess by the Dutch government so it's a Dutch uh, YouTube channel in which like there are a few people that try illegal drugs just for educational purposes. And basically, you know, they just measure their heart rate, their body temperature while they're doing these drugs. They monitor themselves and there's always like someone kind of like uh, drug sealing them as well. And it just provides so much more knowledge and you see the differences, right? Yeah, I think it's like the idea that you kind of break down the stigma of doing drugs and it's not like immediately any person that does drugs is a druggie or... Yeah, I think that in a lot of places that is what happens. Yeah, I don't know. In my experience in Greece, like if you s tell someone, oh, I did cocaine, they're immediately like, oh, so you're a drug addict. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, but I think in the Netherlands, um, having these type of institutions that um, there's also like, especially in festivals, there's a lot of the times the government will um, have like stands um that can check your drugs to make sure that they don't they're not laced with anything dangerous or like higher doses that they should be uh to try to regulate and make sure that the harmful effects of drugs are not as common and in that way you see that you know 
again, the nuances of drugs uh, come into play and not everyone that does drugs is necessarily <laughs> like a drug, a drug addict. And you can see that it's not always necessarily taken in a way that is dangerous and it can uh, be done like once a year or whatever by mm. someone and, you know. I think also as sociology students, another important thing is, well, when you're doing research, you need information, right, about what you're studying. And this illegality of it, like this veil covering every drug under the same uh, yeah, veil of ignorance, what it does is that then we stop understanding what we're like uh, trying to yeah, study, I guess, or like talk about in this case. And another thing that... Um, so when you mash everything in the same group of like drug addicts, uh, you're... Uh, forgetting a lot of uh, differences between the people that are taking those drugs. And I think uh, something that's worth mentioning or just an example is uh, the possible class, class differences between those that are taking those drugs. Because when you talk about recreational drugs, not everyone is taking the best pure MDMA to go to like an electronic uh, festival. There are a lot of people that do take these drugs to like kind of like well, there are, of course, millions of reasons, but um, just, like, escape their daily reality or getting their hands on whatever is the first drug that they can uh, without caring if it's laced or if it's, like, the best quality shit and worth, I don't know. I have no idea how much something is worth. Me neither. <laughs> yeah, to that I would also say that um, like the example I made earlier is really directed towards like middle-class kids that go to festivals that are like, what, 200, 300 euro tickets for like one or two days. And then they give these resources to these people to like test their drugs, etc. But, uh, if you are like a low income person or like even like, um, homeless you know, uh, people that just do not have the resources but still struggle with abusing drugs. These people do not get the same resources of, like, getting their drugs tested, getting the same treatment of, like, we will not criminalize you just because you're doing illegal drugs, which is often what happens to middle-class, like, festival goers. Um, so I think, yeah, also the um, criminalization uh, and the class background and also the race background often uh, is very interesting. I think we won't go into that too much in this episode because uh, in the next episode we'll kind of take a bit of a more macro perspective um, on drug use and we'll talk about um, the effects it has on different countries and how like there's so much profit coming out of this industry but there's never too much information on because everything is criminalized. There's this one bit of information that we do have, and I thought it was really funny because um, sometimes the amount of drug use in cities is measured by uh, taking into account, uh, yeah, just like testing the sewage water, because when you consume certain drugs, then there are rests of it that go into your urine, and that goes into the sewage system, and it's not the canals. <laughs> I used yeah, to think- I really thought that was so crazy when you told me yesterday. I, I thought it was so crazy that you can measure how much drugs people are doing in a city based on the sewage water. Exactly. So there was a study made uh, comparing, I think, uh, 
I don't remember how many cities, but it was across 19 different countries in Europe. And Amsterdam had one of the highest uses for MDMA. And then Eindhoven had really high usage, uh, like ranked really high for cocaine. But the thing is that uh, when they're measuring uh, these rests of um, drugs in the sewage water, they can't tell if it was because of um, human consumption or if it was because of dumping. So basically, uh, in cities where um, there is a production of a certain uh, drug, sometimes like you know they will just dump like the waste of that production process into the sewage system anyhow. So. Yeah, they can't really distinguish, but apparently Eindhoven is a city that produces some of these drugs, so that's why it it ranks so high uh, for some of them. Um, but yeah, I think that's like the whole part of production and so on. We're gonna talk more about that in the next episode. Yeah, I think here we can start wrapping up. Basically... Uh, we really hope that you enjoyed this episode and you found information about drug use interesting. We do come from Amsterdam. Well, we don't come from here, but we have been living here and the perspective we have on drugs is mainly based on our experiences here. So it is a bit uh, biased, but we hope the conversation opens up your mind to more discussions about drugs, whether it's in the workplace and if it's about being productive or if it's just like to have fun um and we thought we hope you learned something and just as a takeaway um we do hope that it was also interesting to connect these um ideas of drug use and abuse to more sociological reasons of why certain people so certain groups or um yeah in certain environments do use and abuse these drugs more we hope that it didn't get too Marxist in our critique of like why we are always uh, in, expected to be 100% productive every fucking single time of our lives. Yeah, I think, I hope you take away that if you want to understand something, we need to like actually be able to look at it and not just speculate and um, question why certain things are illegal or not. Yeah. Well, I think that will be all. Uh, stay tuned because um, the last episode of this season is going to be about what I said earlier, about the production of drugs, about the more macro aspect of it and how, for example, in Latin American countries there is big issues of how drugs are produced and how gangs get involved and all the violence and yada yada yada. So yeah, stay tuned for part two and hopefully see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.